On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Now, this year, of course, one of the subjects which has been dominating discourse on this programme, in the newspapers, in Dáil and in family kitchen tables around the country, has been the housing crisis. But amidst all that was written about housing in the present and the future, uh, there was one beautiful book that looked at housing in the past and a fairly innovative approach that was taken um, to housing here in Ireland in the 1970s. The book was called Little Republics by Adrian Duncan. And it itself tells the story of another book, Jack Fitzsimons and Bungalow Bliss, which became this movement which transformed the appearance of rural Ireland and which was not without its critics and Donald Fallon is here to tell us more about it Donald, um, thank you for coming in as ever housing was everywhere this year from, from the streets to the kitchen tables to the bookshops Yeah, yeah I mean housing was I think it's fair to say the subject of subjects in 2022 mm. there was Rory Ahern's Gaffs which was, was nominated for an Irish Book Award uh, and that had a great subtitle Rory's book Why No One Can Get a House and What We Can Do About It mm. and it's perhaps fair to say that if there are two politicians in this country you know beyond the Taoiseach and Tánaiste whose names are now known to everyone in Irish society that's Dara O'Brien Minister for Housing and across the floor Ono Brin Sinn mm. Féin's housing spokesperson it has been the issue of issues and even on social media I mean you open up Instagram or Twitter and you see crazy Irish house prices and let's not forget on the streets it was a year of significant demonstration uh, not all of it about housing supply but also on, on, on Mika and Donegal and, mm. and, and Mayo so it's been impossible really not to engage with housing this year whether you want it to or not but this book Adrian Duncan's book Little Republics it's a study of this great moment of kind of utopian thinking you know back in the 1970s when one man with a self-published book believed there was a simple solution to housing problems build your own and Bungalow Bliss basically presented plans to readers to go out there and to do just that and by God they did I mean you travel across rural Ireland today and you see the proof of Bungalow Bliss Uh, So much housing literature doing the rounds this year that even Dublin City Council sent me some the other day they sent me a copy of Housing uh, History on Your Doorstep from 2018 in which a certain uh, chapter is written about a certain city architect by a certain Mr D. (laughs) Fallon Uh, I might come back to that towards the end Uh, Bungalow Bliss uh, to younger listeners uh, brings to mind probably not Jack Fitzsimons they're probably not thinking oh it, oh yeah the, the book of the 1970s younger people now hear Bungalow Bliss and they think oh yeah Hugh Wallace on the telly yeah Hugh Wallace the man with the great glasses and if the name is ringing bells that is why it was a TV show last year My Bungalow Bliss uh, great television programme uh, the architect Hugh Wallace travelled across the country and he engaged with couples who kind of wanted to amend uh, their bungalow homes but you you know when he was uh, promoting that show in the press he said look everyone feels touch cottages are synonymous with Ireland but I think these days bungalows are synonymous with the Irish countryside and the Irish psyche but you know beyond kind of brief historical mention to the to the book that show was very much about the here and now and mm. people's homes in, in, in 2021 what Duncan has done I suppose is very much about the past um, It's hard to comprehend now although actually maybe in some ways it's not hard to comprehend now given some of the attitudes we have to one-off housing uh, in this day and age Um, but the book and the concept were, were incredibly divisive even in their time and often in liberal circles who thought this idea of little one-off bungalows all over the place was actually blighting the landscape. Yeah, so, so Jack Fitzsimmons who emerges as the father figure of bungalow bliss, he's fully aware actually that there's going to be a divisive impact and he writes in a, in a later edition, for many thousands of people bungalow bliss was a godsend, others regarded it as a curse and there can be no kind of no denying that the book did transform the appearance uh, of rural Ireland. You know, even if you fly over Ireland you, you get a real sense of that. Mm. But it did allow many people to finally own their own home but, you know, it, it's quite shocking to read some of the opinion around Bungalow Bliss in the 70s and 80s. I mean, there's a piece from the archives of the Irish Times. It's extraordinary. Throughout the length and breadth of the country, rural areas are being destroyed relentlessly by the structural litter on the landscape, litter that can never be removed. Wow. And this cancer is so pervasive that for every private house built in a suburban housing estate, at least one other house is built in the middle of the countryside. And it's 
not a person I think was often evoked by the Irish Times sympathetically but if this was Eamon de Valera's dream of a country bright with cosy homesteads it has turned into a nightmare because what is happening in effect is that we are abandoning our towns and villages in favour of colonising the countryside and it was in the pages of the Irish Times that bungalow bliss was referred to as bungalow blight there's one word that you used in the middle of that quote cancer it's extraordinary they described the construction of housing for people who needed housing in a country that didn't have the housing as being cancer. I mean, yeah, like 50 years on, you can argue that maybe it was a bad idea to have so much decentralised housing and how hard it is to provide for social mm. services. And, you know, we're paying billions for a broadband plan because so many people live in isolated one-off homes. But yeah, to, to describe people owning their own homes as a cancer is, is quite something. Um, for others, and, and maybe I'm hinting at it there, um, this idea of people being able to own their own homes, this was a real utopian idea. Exactly, yeah. And for those people, you know, people who never thought they'd own a house, bungalow bliss was, you know, not bungalow bliss, but it was this dream come true. You were buying your future. And look, housing in the 1970s, a little bit like today, it was a major issue in political debate. I mean, the only consistent thing in the 100 years of the Irish state has been that we've had issues around housing. We mm. always have. And when you read the Dáil debates in the 70s, they, I mean, they just sound like contemporary debates. When they're, when they're debating the housing bill in 1971, TD speaks about prefabs. You know, I think this kind of housing development has been a disappointment because at present it is as expensive as the ordinary solid constructed house, if not more so. Well, it's easy to erect prefabricated houses at short notice they're still far too expensive and costings into this kind of housing development for emergency purposes should be investigated I mean, wow. we still have these discussions like, I was at a briefing a couple of weeks ago where like an OPW architect was talking about like rolling out prefab houses as a solution to the Ukrainian crisis and here they are talking about in, it in 1970 in 1970 so I mean this this when you can denounce you know these houses in the rural landscape as something cancerous but for many people they represented this kind of utopian idea of finally owning a house um, Jack Fitzsimons itself Fitzsimons or Fitzsimons uh, himself he had a long career before uh, Bungalow Bliss and he was learning about houses as he went along. Yeah, Duncan gives a great sketch of him in this book. He'd been an electrical fitter with the rural electrification scheme. That was a big deal mm. uh, from the 50s. And he writes that he treaded wires and fitted electrical inputs and outputs in countless types of housing, learning as he went and remembering details, materials and forms. His knowledge of domestic buildings was both abstract and concrete and to an extent embodied too. So he'd been out there, you know, he'd been working uh, with buildings, with houses. And, you know, by the time he's clerk of works for Mead County Council, Duncan writes he's inundated with requests from individuals and couples asking him to draw up one-off houses for them. Okay. But I think what really comes true is that this wasn't an entrepreneurial thing. You know, I can make money off this. This yeah. is a real crisis. I think in, in some ways this was kind of ideological. I mean, he believed yeah. uh, in what he was what he was doing. And Duncan makes a really good point here that you can't just look at this book that says go off and make your own house. I mean, it's still a hard thing to do. But what's happening in the broader picture of Irish society at that time, I mean, from the late 60s, for example, uh, we were in school for, for, for longer. A mm. lot more people were, were graduating from secondary school. You had the rise of the RTCs, the, the regional technical colleges. So it was a time when, you know, there were more and more people that would be able to go out there and do something mm. uh, like this. These emerging homeowners, he writes, wanted to be rid of what was bad in the cottage, the darkness and dampness, while retaining what was pragmatic in it, the sense of scale and buildability. So people mm. had the confidence, you know, in the, in, the, in the 70s and 80s to give this a go and to try it. Uh, it's hard to imagine that it wasn't ideological when he did call it bliss. He yeah, just called absolutely. it sort of bungalow building. He was like, bliss, yeah. this is what you want, guys. Um, Fitzsimons then, he hits the road and uh, much in the same way that he's prepared to, to draw plans for, for people who are approaching him in, in Meath County Council, uh, he literally will, will bring the book all over to anyone who, who wants a copy or anyone who's prepared to listen at all. And if anyone listening to this has ever self-published the book, I mean, they'll know the difficulties that come with that. You know, getting your book into the shops, for example, if it's self-published is very, very tough. So Jack basically, you know, in a true DIY spirit, uh, a, boot, a car boot full of books 
books. He just drives around the country and he finds local news agents, petrol stations, community halls, anyone that is willing to stock the book. And eventually it's such a kind of it's such an underground hit that it cannot be ignored and it eventually makes its way into the into the into the big shops, into the Easons. Uh, and the like. I mean, Morris Craig, great architectural historian, he writes about it in, in 1981. He says, whether we like it or not, bungalow bliss will be studied a century hence. So, mm. you know, it may may have struggled to get into the bookshops uh, early on, but if you just drive around the country and convince people to give this book a go, that's how it takes off. Uh, a young Fintan O'Toole in the Sunday Tribune writes about it. Ah. Uh, and Fintan writes about the bungalow and its rise as being connected to kind of broader change in Irish society. It was a a time when American country music was really taking off in rural Ireland, but also a time when there was a slowdown in emigration. You know, less of us were leaving than before. And he's a okay. lovely line. The new generation in the countryside would rather own an American homestead in Ireland than pine for an Irish homestead in America. It's very nicely put. Very nicely put. Um, ultimately, uh, and some, you know, for some of the reasons we've touched on already there, some people do continue to take aim at bungalow blight. But of course, we've had... Plenty of housing issues of our own in more recent times anyway. Yeah, and I think, look, the bungalow bliss generation, as, as Duncan says near the end of the book, you know, with their friends and with some help from a tradesperson, were physically involved in erecting their house from scratch. There's a more direct relationship with a home you build for yourself when compared to moving into a house mm. built by a stranger. And as you've said, look, we've had fallout in this country from badly built developers' homes. Yeah. The Celtic Tiger age, you know, apartment blocks in the capital, those the, the Mika scandal in, in, in Donegal and, and Mayo. And I think when we when we think of housing merely as a kind of get rich quick idea, we build badly. But these little houses were often well built. You know, these little republics, as he calls them, mm. they represented the the hopes and, and aspirations of a generation of, of rural Irish people. So, Bungalow Bliss was written by Jack Fitzsimons. You say Little Republics is a book published this year by by Adrian Duncan. Something you recommend about a, a, yeah. a, a, a book about a book, a book about a book, about a book, a meta book. But you, you you thought it was worthwhile. It might be a nice idea I for someone who's I just yeah. I mean, the, someone the, the who's going gift shopping for two weeks from today. People are just so down about housing, you know. Mm. And uh, it, it's as we said, it's it's the subject that's dominated our lives this year to read something so utopian yeah. and so hopeful about housing was, was a real joy the uh, the thing that I mentioned earlier on that I said I'd come back to is uh, History in Your Doorstep which is an annual publication published by Dublin City Council written by uh, different members of her Historian in Residence programme of which Mr D Fallon was one once upon yeah, a time yeah and they're free they're free in libraries yeah. all across the city it's very, very worth checking out you can, even da- you can download them from the Dublin City uh, Council website as well if you go to the history section there they're there to download but you, you wrote and I, I spent a lot of Friday night reading it you wrote a great piece about uh, is it Herbert Sims Herbert Sims uh, who was the first city architect of the first housing architect of the city council and was responsible for creating a lot of the housing that's still, yeah, still there I, to I this day. I believe one of the TDs you mentioned earlier on, not the Minister for Housing, but another one is working on a biography around Herbert Sims. So is that fellow ever not year. writing books? <laughs> uh, it's, speaking of fellows who are always forever writing books, um, it was only when I read his bio- biography in that that I realised that Donald Fallon has written more than the Come Here to Me books and Henrietta Street from Tenement to Suburbia and Three Castles Burning, uh, which is a history of the capital city in 12 streets, uh, which would still make a really good Christmas gift uh, for two weeks from today, available in all good bookshops and some rubbish ones as well. Donald is also the presenter of the Three Castles Burning podcast uh, which, lends, which from which the book derives its name uh, that is a podcast about the history of Dublin you'll find it everywhere that you get your audio online On the Record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11 Brought to you by PwC Great minds think unalike Different skill sets diverse opinions it all adds up to the new equation On News Talk